0: take just a few moments and thank you for working in our lives, for protecting us, for guiding us, for giving us strength to serve you, keeping us and providing, answering our prayers. Lord, it is just uh, amazing that the God of all heaven, the creator of the universe, has time to listen to our prayers and answer them individually. We thank and praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I guess we're having children dismissed and uh, if you need an outline uh, tonight we're just going to be kind of uh, super summary fashion uh, just trying to uh, introduce a new series that we're starting here on Sunday nights and uh, I am not sure exactly how long this series is going to go, so just uh, be patient and pray. But I, I do want to cover a lot of things uh, concerning music. Um, music is is a gift from God. It's, uh, well, let's just start and work on the outline here. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about music. Uh, The word music, musician, is used 76 times. Most of the time when the word musician is used, it is in the header to the Psalms, talking about to the chief. um, Musician, Uh, the word sing, sing, and song. Song is the noun. Sing and sang are the verbs. Uh, I forgot to put in there sung, but uh, that counted up 192 times uh, in your Bible. The word instrument is used many times in your Bible, over 60 times, almost 70, but referring to musical instruments about 22 times. The word trumpet or trumpets is 106 times. Harp, harps, harped uh, 50 times. uh, Psaltery, cymbals, um, an instrument of 10 strings is found uh, three times. The word hymn is used twice. Uh, In your Bible, um, many other uh, uh, words of lesser use, but the Bible talks a lot about music. I want you to turn with me uh, to the book of Job, Job chapter 38. We we do need to understand one thing about music. Uh, Music is older than man. Uh, music is not just rele- relegated to the human race. Here in Job uh, chapter 38 and verse 7, it says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, uh, let's go back and let's put this into context. God is examining Job. Uh, this is the end of the book. Job has... Uh, overstepped his bounds. He tried to explain some things and he said some things that uh, God did not approve of. And uh, even though Job uh, did not curse God when he lost everything, he did not uh, rebuke God when he, his health was taken away, his family was taken away. But his three friends, uh, in answering them, Job said some things about God that God said, that's just not true. And he is, uh, he is demanding, look at verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, and who laid the corner stone thereof, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut up the sea with doors, when it brake forth, as if it had been if It had issued out of the womb when I made the cloud, the garment thereof, the thick darkness, a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come but no further, and here shall thy proud ways be stayed. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day spring to know his place? And, and he goes on. But you get the idea here. God is saying, "Where were you when I created everything?" Now I did print this in here, and this is the uh, 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 the address on the web of uh, uh of a website that I copied this article from. I do not endorse the website or anything on it. it I just. Uh was looking for a quick copy of this article. Uh, it's actually NASA uh, made a discovery that the planets and the stars give off music. And if you go to the website there, you can actually listen to some of it uh, that they have recorded through these deep space probes. And, and uh, honestly, it sounds pretty cool. I thought about playing that uh, part of that uh, little YouTube video for you tonight. But uh figured, well, uh, Sunday night we try to keep things short. And so if you really want to hear it, you can go to the website and listen to it for yourself. Uh, sounds kind of weird, but uh, it is pretty in its own way. But here's what it says. Did you know that planets and stars actually give off music? There are sound waves that are bouncing through space and they can actually... Measure these sound waves and determine the structure of the star. Uh, I've often used our sun as an example. Uh, Imagine uh, the heat that the sun gives 93 million miles away. And of course, it's winter, it's cold. Uh, But it's really not cold. Um, Go to the moon. When the sun is shining on the surface of the moon, our astronauts had to have uh, air conditioning built into their suits to keep the moon, uh, the the sun's rays from cooking them. And if uh, they traveled to the dark side of the moon, the temperature was 256 degrees below zero, uh, absolute zero, because there's no atmosphere to regulate that temperature. Uh, It was from one extreme to uh, the other, and uh, uh, yet the way that the sun works, each nanosecond all over the surface of the sun, there are these huge thermonuclear explosions, thousands of times the size of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and yet they are Tuned and timed so perfectly that the next one ignites, uh, is ignited by the previous one, and the sun is one continuous nuclear explosion. They said if those explosions were to lose their sink even one nanosecond, that the sun would put itself out immediately. And yet, for 6,000 years of human history, in perfect sync, how many of you know how small a nanosecond is? Uh, that's a of a second. And these explosions are not just going on in one spot. You, you take the size of the earth. I believe you can take 200... Of the planet Jupiter and stick it inside the size of the sun, and there'd be a little room left over there. So stop and think about how huge the sun is, and yet perfectly in its uh, uh, explode and and, in in those explosions that give off the light and the heat. And it says that all all those spaces, a virtual vacuum, there there is a harmonic waves that are produced by all of this massive consuming of matter and explosions and that you can actually listen to that music. Um, it is amazing. They actually, on the thing, they played a, uh, uh, the sound that Saturn's ring makes, the sound that the pa- uh, planet Jupiter makes. Uh, we haven't sent a space probe to the stars, but we can actually manage Uh, uh, measure those things by the things that we have and and simply what we're saying is God built music into creation. How many of you have listened to the music of a little brook rippling in the wilderness? The music of the rustling leaves. The music of the wind. The music of the sea. I mean uh, if you go on to iTunes or any of these places you can uh, and we're not even talking about the music of the birds and the music of the uh, all of the animals that God has made. Uh, the, the sounds uh, of nature are just absolutely amazing. How many of you have ever heard the little peepers in the spring? Uh, little tiny frogs that just literally are born in mud puddles that dry up as soon as the uh summer uh sun gets warm in the deep forest and uh there in Pennsylvania where my parents were raised I, I remember as a little kid even to this day uh just hearing i mean it is almost deafening and uh how many of you have ever heard a bullfrog croak uh you'll hear all this beep 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 and brup and i mean it just you you sit there and you listen to the sounds I want you to know that God has put music into creation. Turn with me to Ezekiel 28, if you would. And as I said, we're just covering this in a a very summary fashion. Uh, I do want to spend some time and and uh, you have to pray for me on how to work this out, but uh, um, to actually uh, do some illustrations on uh, music and harmony and things and and, and get us a- as a church on Sunday night trying to encourage uh, singing the hymns in the way that they should be sung and all of that before we finish but Right now we're looking at the beginning. Where where did music start? Well, God put it into creation. Creation actually sings and uh an interesting thing some of the philosophers and people who think about these things uh uh C.S. Lewis in some of his writings actually uh proposed that God sang creation into place and the only problem with that is the bible says god said and so we're we're not going to submit to the philosophers all right uh we're we're not going to let them change the words of the bible but when god was done i don't think anybody can argue the point creation sings creation makes noise and and most of it is is quite uh beautiful um but look in Ezekiel twenty eight, and uh we're uh verse uh thirteen is talking about uh the devil here. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, and of course the devil is there. The actual title here is The King of Tyrus, and uh what you have to understand is Excuse me, verse 11. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, that was God's title for Ezekiel, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond... The barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down. In the midst of the stones of fire, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created to iniquity was found in thee. Now, as we read these words, we know it could not possibly be talking about any single human being because Ezekiel was writing uh, at the time that Jerusalem was destroyed, about 600 A.D. uh, in that time period there. And so... Uh, to be in the Garden of Eden at this point, you would have to be about uh, 3,400 years old. Uh, that precludes human beings. And there's no human being that is perfect in beauty or the sum of all wisdom. And, and so we understand this is talking about the devil. And, and as it is talking about the devil before he fell in his sins, it, it, it talks here and says that he had pipes and he had tabrets. Uh, tabrets is like a cymbal, uh, an instrument that would be um, uh, uh, a tambourine uh, 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 or a cymbal type thing. And pipes, of course, uh, we would think of, of uh, the wind instruments that we play and the pipe organ that makes sound through the pipes. Uh, apparently these were all built into the devil. He was a musical being. He was musical in his creation. Uh, if we were to try to make this in a modern-day equivalent, he would have been what we would say the worship leader in heaven. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. Now, the Bible does not give us... Uh, uh, extremely detailed descriptions of all the cherubs, but if he was the head cherub, and we know that according to Isaiah and other places, there were other there are other cherubim. Satan apparently was the chief of the created beings, and he had music, he had part of God's worship and the reflection of God's holiness. This was his job, and of course, we could spend the whole evening. I've heard some great sermons preached on why the devil hates Christians is because we're taking his job. Uh, it is the church's duty to reflect the glory and the goodness of God to the world in which we live. That's what the devil was doing. Part of that is through music, through our singing. And uh, you read in, in the book of Revelation. And yet I want to Uh, Bring this down to the human race. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 4 and we make an interesting discovery here. Kind of heading in a little different direction. Verse 19. Now we have Lamech here who was a descendant of Cain. And uh, he was the first to marry more than one wife, the Bible tells us. And uh, in verse nineteen, it says, "And Lamech took unto him two wives, the name of one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah, and Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of all such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle harp, the harp and organ, and Zillah she also bare tubalcain. An instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. And, uh, Lamech gives a proclamation here that as Cain was a single murderer and that he murdered Abel, Lamech was a double murderer, and he killed two people. And, uh, there's a lot of strange things that people say about this, uh, but uh, in verse 24, he makes the statement, If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly in Lamech, seventy and sevenfold. And the simple, the simplest understanding of that passage was that Lamech, in his great perversion, his misunderstanding of who God is and what righteousness is, etc., took the act of murder that, God, that Cain had committed and God said, listen, if anybody seeks vengeance on Cain, God's going to give him vengeance sevenfold. He said, sin is going to protect me. And of course, that has been the cry of the sinner ever since. Uh, that sin is somehow going to make me a stronger and invincible person. And uh, not true. Uh, Lamech is just the first of many... Uh, I remember as a uh, little child, someone was explaining. I was reading uh, about Teddy Roosevelt. And he said, speak softly and carried a big stick. And I asked, I can't remember who it was, my father or or somebody. And I said, well, what about Hitler? And he said, he screamed and swung a tree trunk. Uh, And and, uh, just because you have words of wisdom does not mean man's going to follow them. And what we have here, and I want you to get this, is, is it a sin to to live in a tent and have cattle? Absolutely not. Yet the father of all those is the son, uh, the great-great-grandson of Cain, the son of Lamech. Is it a sin to work in iron and brass and and uh, uh, be a metallurgist, and to do these kinds? Absolutely not. Nor is it a sin to make music. Not all music is attached to God, just as not all people who raise cattle are attached to God, or all animals that are domesticated are to be offered in sacrifices. We do not even offer animal sacrifice this day, and have not since Jesus fulfilled... All the biblical requirement. And uh, certainly, uh, my hat goes off to those uh, men and women down through the ages who have developed all of these really cool alloys of steel and iron and cast iron that make engine blocks and airplanes and and uh, uh, good sturdy pocket knives and all those wonderful things that we use metal for. And... Really, what I'm trying to say is we, we need to be careful here when we talk about music. Because there are some people that, uh, I just don't know how to say it, they just get something in their crawl, they get themselves all wound up about this, and they try to make music, if it's not just something to praise God, then it's wicked. And that's not the dividing line in the Bible. Music is a wonderful thing. Music truly is the language of our soul. Now, uh, music is used in worship to God. Absolutely. Read the book of Psalms. Every one of those Psalms. And uh, years ago, uh, I was introduced to some people that had come through and they took the Hebrew letters and tried to translate them into notes and actually develop a... uh, Melody and uh, music to the Psalms by what was written in there, and I listened to it and I said, "Wow, this is weird." Don't think so. Uh, We we have to. We've lost the music from the Book of Psalms. Uh, We don't have it, and yet each one of these things—the first time singing is used by man in the Bible was in Exodus chapter 15, when Moses sang the song as Pharaoh and his army. I mean, you you must stop and you think about this. God had sent those ten plagues on the land of Egypt. Economically, and then the death of the firstborn, so we take the heredity and the culture and the society of the land of Egypt. Each one of those plagues was leveled at one of the Egyptian gods the greatest of all the Egyptian gods was Ra the sun god and uh, there was darkness 3 days and 3 nights in the land of Egypt and the god of life was trampled underfoot by the god of Israel as the firstborn in every family From the maid uh, uh, behind the mill, it says, until the house of Pharaoh himself was killed. And then Pharaoh takes what's left in Egypt. The only thing left is the army. And he chases the children of Israel through the Red Sea. A wall of water on each side. Now, you talk about insanity. Insanity. And God brings those, that water down and destroys Pharaoh. And Moses sings a song. And then Miriam leads the women of Israel into singing a song. Um, I like, uh, Matthew records it, Mark records it here. Uh, in the, the night Jesus was betrayed, he institutes what we call the Lord's Supper. And it says, and they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, let me ask you a question. Fanny Crosby was not alive uh, when uh, the disciples sang that hymn. What kind of hymn did they sing? Obviously, it would have been one of the Psalms. It would have been something that was absolutely Jewish, Old Testament in its scope, and yet... I want you to understand the songs of the Old Testament do not preclude or have any uh, conflict with the truths of the New Testament. Uh, I think it's really neat that we get to meet in a building that used to be a synagogue. Um, And uh, I'm not really interested in going into modern Judaism and trying to find their songs and what they are doing because modern Judaism is a descendant of the scribes and the Pharisees of the New Testament time. I don't want their music. I I want godly music. I want music that is distinctive. And uh, I I thought to go through my playlist and try to bring a bunch of songs. And, 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 and we'll do that as we go through. But I... I Tonight, I figured we're just going to keep it as simple and as uh, summer, summarized, however you would say that, whatever that adjective would be, uh, in a summary fashion as we possibly can. Let's turn to Ephesians 5. And, of course, we've just been through this on Thursday nights uh, as we're going through the book of Ephesians But it tells us that if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, if we're going to be controlled by the Spirit of God, that we need to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, that's interesting. It starts out with speaking, does it not? It says... Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then the next step is singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And here's what I want to challenge you with. Is music truly is one of the greatest disciplines known to mankind you take a child and give them music lessons when they're young, it will actually show up in brain scans as they develop. The the left and the right side of the brain are more defined in people who have learned to play musical instruments than in those who did not. Why? Because the mind is disciplined to learn how to move fingers, how to read notes, uh, uh, if you've ever played an instrument at all, uh, you have to do a multitude of things all at the same time. You have to be able to read the notes, the nomenclature there, and, and understand what uh, the writer of that music is asking you to do. Uh, you then need to translate that to the instrument Uh, Jason is trying to learn how to play the trumpet, a B-flat trumpet. uh, And uh, he's had some difficulties trying to figure out that when he plays a C, that it's actually a B-flat on the piano. Now, I play an E-flat alto saxophone. So, when I'm trying to play a B-flat on the piano, I play a G. And he said, who did all this really confusing stuff? Why couldn't we just rework the instruments so that they all do the same thing? Um, I don't have the answer to that question, except the instruments have different voices and different keys, and that is the way that they speak. And when you play them together, they're supposed to be in harmony and this to one another, but... Not only do you have to read the music, translate what's in the music to the saxophone, uh, and if you want to know what I do on uh, Sunday nights when I play with the orchestra, I'm looking at the uh, hymn book, the same hymn book you see, and I am changing the notes and the key that everything's in, in my mind, as I'm playing and translating that, but I also have to hear because there's a thing called intonation as you play a B flat uh, you'll hear our instruments right before Sunday night when they play what are they doing they're tuning because he could be playing a B flat but if he's out of tune it's really going to sound terrible and uh, a cello you got four strings on a cello uh, five strings on a guitar, four strings on a banjo, about 33 keys on a saxophone. Uh, and uh, you you have to learn how to do all of this at the same time. And then if you're playing with other people and in a group, not only do you have to do all that, you've got to listen to what's going on around you. Otherwise, uh, Leland could easily drown out everybody else that's there or we could take uh, my wife and put her on the organ and it wouldn't matter what you did she can just push that pedal down and it's got more power than just about anything uh of course we could get jason here with his trumpet and uh it wouldn't matter uh what he was doing you'd still hear it i i, I mean i can make my saxophone loud enough that it can be heard uh but that doesn't mean it's going to be good right uh And so as we talk about music, we need to understand that music is not only mechanics, it's an art. It is something that we can develop. Now, I remember, uh, I I don't know, I'm, I'm sure their recordings are out there, but they used to have this thing called El Divo, I think it was. It's these Italian opera singers or Irish opera singers. And, uh, uh, they had them do Amazing Grace. And somebody sent me like, Oh, you gotta listen to this. And so this guy's singing. And I mean, he's rattling the windows in the pane. And I'm sitting there going, So, uh, it is. Uh, the greatest, uh, what, what shall we say, demonstration of the human voice. But there's no heart. He doesn't know the God that gives grace. He does not know that grace. And even though it's powerful and the orchestra's there and the music is all there, I'll tell you what, I'd still rather hear some dear old saint of God that knows who God is and lives in that amazing grace singing that song. Maybe not to the same level of quote-unquote physical perfection, but there's something about the Spirit of God in a heart of someone who loves God. Um, has anybody here ever heard Lester Roloff sing? Uh Anybody at all know? I'll have to get some tapes of that. Now, I want to tell you before, Lester Roloff cannot sing. Uh, He he is a preacher. He he was killed in a plane crash in 1982. Um, And he had a children's home in Texas. But I'll tell you what. Lester Roloff would open his mouth, but he sang with his heart. And it was always... You just sit there and say, oh, that guy, that guy does something. And, and you're listening and you're saying, wow, that's terrible. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's in tune. And uh, uh, I mean, it's certainly not uh, uh, what we would say great but singing, but it was great singing. Because you knew that man, you could hear his heart in his singing. And as we look at this thing called music, I want us to understand a few things. God has built music into creation into man. Uh, you can't argue that point. It is everywhere we go. The Bible says, in this verse is printed in your outline, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Uh, the Bible tells us that your words tell me, tell others, what's in your heart. If the only thing you can talk about as we are in church tonight, Pastor, I hope you don't preach so long so I can get home and watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I know where your heart is. Uh, you, you meet someone. Uh, you meet a young man that is writing letters to a young lady or uh, starting that romance thing and what's he going to be talking about? What's she going to be talking about? Why? Because your mouth speaks what's in your heart. But music, music does so much more, does it not? Music is a reflection of the soul. And... Uh, I want to bring some things. Uh, one, one of the ones I want to play for you is part of, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Masorsky's Pictures at an Exhibition. Now, he was a Russian composer, not a Christian man, didn't, but he wrote music trying to depict things in real life. And one of them is a little chick chasing a worm. And if you know the picture and you listen to what he is playing and the music, you and your mind can see this little chicken running around going peck, 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 and finally he gets the worm and that's the end of the song. Uh, cute, fun. Is there anything evil about that? No, chickens ought to get worms, right? Uh, uh, and, and yet, I'll tell you this, if you're... Uh, When I was a young man, uh, uh, one of the most famous musicians was a man named Chuck Maggioni. He wrote a song, It Feels So Good. He wasn't talking about being righteous and being holy. And you can listen to the music and you can get the message. It's there. We, We need to be careful about our music. We need to be careful about what we listen to. Uh, I, I will tell you, and we'll, we'll talk about this, there are those that will take uh, classical music, Mozart, and uh, I even think somebody took Liszt, and, and Mozart was a godless, wicked young man, died uh, very young in his life because of the choices that he made to rebel against God and morality and truth. And they'll take a beautiful Mozart sonnet and mix it with a hymn. Uh, to me, that's no different than Dolly Pardon singing Amazing Grace. I just want to go throw up somewhere. Uh, uh, the Greek word is vomit. Amen? Uh, it, it, it makes me ill to think about these. Uh, that's one of the reasons uh, One Day at a Time is in our hymn book. And and I'm sorry, I'm reactionary. Uh, Whenever we sing that song, all I can hear is Dolly Parton going, One day And I'm going, Shut up! I mean, it's not a bad song. But she's a bad woman. And she is trying to promote, like, you know, here's what the world wants to do. They want everybody... Everybody wants to think they're doing good. Everybody wants to think they're close to God. You can take some beautiful old folk songs. Uh, green sleets. Uh Most of us would know what child is this. Uh, I think there's a song called uh, Scarborough Fair. And... Uh, I don't know who did it, Simon and Garfunkel or some of those 60's rock and roll. That was an old traditional English folk song. But because some dirty, rotten, filthy rock guy does it, it taints the entire song. And so we have to understand that every good thing God has given us, the devil has perverted. And it's just as perverse to have good music with bad words as it is to have good words with bad music. There, there is no difference. We are not putting uh, classical music at this end because not all classical music is good, my friend. Uh, there's a reason why they call them soap operas. Is because the soap companies decided that they would sell a lot of soap telling dirty stories. Well, where did they get the idea of telling dirty stories? Oh, uh, from Bogner and Greg and all of these guys who wrote these. Quote unquote great operas, just because it's opera doesn't mean it's good. Now you have to understand an oratorio is people singing like opera singers, but their text is from the Bible. But there's even some oratorios that are supposed to be from the Bible that aren't from the Bible. Uh, I can't, I don't remember who wrote Salome. Uh, but uh, the stuff that's in that, it's called an oratorio, but it's not its not from Scripture. It's about uh, uh, Herod's wife and the beheading of John the Baptist. And they put all kinds of things in it that are just absolutely perverse and evil. Just because it has the right title doesn't mean it's good music. And what we want to do is understand... That God has given music. A certain part, I would say a very big part, the greatest part of our music that that we should listen to, that should be a part of our life, ought to be in praise to God. But I don't think God gets upset if we have fun. Uh, If God has meant us to enjoy life uh, as Americans... I don 't think you're committing sin by listening to a John Phillips Sousa march. Now, I don't care uh, too much for uh, uh, Leif, what is it? Greenwood Lee Greenwood. Yeah. Uh, God bless the USA because they can take your freedoms away, and we will lose our freedoms if we go on. If the Antichrist takes over, there will not be freedom in the United States. You need to understand that not all those things are are right. But should we stand up and stand for truth and stand for freedom? Absolutely. But there's a lot of good music in this world. Uh, Are you committing sin by listening to Beethoven? No. But should that be... The main song that you listen to in the morning when you wake up, and all day long, and you know, and Beethoven supposedly wrote. Uh, uh, well, they they took the Ninth Symphony and and put some hymn words to it, and it's in our hymn book. Um, uh, what is the, uh, huh? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And of course, I want you to understand right from the beginning, Beethoven did not and would not approve. Uh, He was not a man that loved God or even thought of God. He was a man who loved himself. Uh, That's the difference between Beethoven's music and the music of Bach, who wrote every song and signed it to the glory of God. Uh, Bach was a Lutheran. Uh, Will we see Bach in heaven? Well, that one's out the question, Uh, will we see Luther in heaven? That's even a bigger question. Uh, but there were many Lutherans in Bach's day who believed in salvation by grace through faith. And it certainly reflected in the lyrics of many of Bach's uh, music, songs that he wrote. And, and, uh, uh, but again, what we want to do is we want to understand one thing. God is the creator of music. Music is older than the human race. God built music into creation. Not all music, the, the father of all that uh, handled the harp and, and organ was a descendant of Cain. So that does not mean that all music is evil or that all music is good. We have to evaluate the music. And as we go through this, we're going to give you some things to uh, evaluate. No, I'm not going to uh, teach you uh, uh, syncopation and have you test the meter of the music and, and those things. I don't believe we need to go that far to evaluate good and bad music. I think it's much simpler than that. But... We're going to understand that you can take good music and make it bad by giving it a bad message. and you can take bad music and keep it bad even though you got good words to it. Uh, one of the lies and I remember sitting in the in the room with a professor in Bible college and he He said, I want you to understand, music is a neutral medium through which messages are transmitted. And I said, Dr. Bowen, I don't believe that. And he looked at me and he said, now I'm telling you, I've got a doctor's degree in music. You don't. I said, yes, sir, I understand that. And he went through it again. I said, Dr. Bowen, I said, I'm not going to believe that. And that was my last saxophone lesson. And that was not a good thing. I did not like that. But I will tell you that man and his teaching subverted an entire generation of independent Baptist musicians. And the school that I attended now will not have a chapel service without a rock and roll band on the platform to warm the crowd up so they can listen to the preaching. I'll tell you what, we didn't need to be warmed up to listen to A.V. Henderson preach. You've heard tapes, I'm sure. Uh, the guy was a locomotive, 22 and a half minute sermon. And I mean, it was, it was just like a drag racing in New York City. I mean, slamming the pedal to the floor and when he stopped, you were banging your nose on the windshield going, Are we ready for the invitation yet? Uh, I got to get to the altar because whatever he said, I mean, uh, I never failed. Don't misunderstand me; he spoke to your soul. I tell you what, you can't warm up for that. You don't need it. The preaching did all that needed to be done. And I also want to encourage and use and and try to take this time. Uh, Believe it or not, I I hope that um, maybe not each person is an individual, but to to give us some uh, tone test uh, so that you can evaluate how well you can hear music and not hear music. Some people cannot hear the tones. And that's absolutely okay as long as you understand that. It's when you don't understand that that we have a lot of fun things going on. Uh, and, and the bible does not say make a joyful harmony to the lord it says make a joyful noise and uh, i can't wait till we get to heaven i'm one of those guys that i, I know my limits uh, the bigger the group the better i fit in uh, and uh, i i can usually get right about where i'm supposed to be and if it's a uh, uh, and i have enjoyed singing some of those quartets with the with my sons and that, but I can I can hear the notes and I can usually tell uh, when I'm on and when I'm not and I, I have to work on that constantly. But uh, I, I want us as a church. Uh, we do... I, I, I want to tell you, I've been in a lot of churches, we do a pretty good job when it comes to singing. Church our size... We, we produce a, a fairly good uh, volume. and we, But I, I'd like some of our people to sing some more parts and get some of those other things going in there that really... And, and to make our church more of a choir when we sing congregationally. Uh, it can be done. It should be done. Uh, I will promise you this it takes a lot of work. I know one preacher... He would make the people in his church, he said, if you want to sing, you're going to go take voice lessons. I'm not there. Just not there. Because they were taking voice lessons from a secular voice teacher. Yes, every one of us, myself included, could use some improvement. But I'll tell you what, you can make up for it and cover it up with heart. A whole lot easier. And you don't get the pride. There is so much pride in music. you got to get a hold of that. That's why so much of this new music is written the way it is. It is because only people of exceptional ability can sing these songs. It is songs that are written to show off their musical proudness. Uh, there was a famous singer, I don't know if she's still singing or not, Sandy Patty. Uh, she did a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner that, I mean, just literally split your ear out. I'm mean, beautiful. But she's one of 25, 50 people in the whole United States can sing like that. That's not what it's about, my friend. It's about each one of us learning to use the best of the tools and the abilities that God has given us. And some of us don't have very many abilities and it's time to get busy and start working and getting some. Because everybody can sing. And when we get to heaven, I want to be ready. I'm going to let rip some nice low notes that only the pipe organ can hit when I get up there. And they'll be in tune and it'll sound nice too. Not like it does here. You see, music is something that we've got to go. We've got to work on as a church. Because it will enhance our worship. And that's what church is supposed to be about. All God's people said I covet your prayers. Pray with me as we, uh, as I develop this. I do not have an outline. I don't have anyone else's outline. I don't want anyone else's outline. I want the one the Lord's going to give. And uh, I do ask that you would pray that uh, I would have the discipline and the ability to do this. Um, If you take your prayer list, let's look over our prayer list uh, tonight. Um, there was one church plan